Welcome to the Devotional Toddcast, hosted by Pastor Todd Walker and Crossroads Church in Littleton, New Hampshire. For tonight's Toddcast, I want to call this Victory March. Today marks our one-year anniversary of moving to Littleton. Did you guys know that? One year. That's amazing. One year ago today, our family literally moved to Littleton and began our life here. And my question to you is, have you ever done something that you had to celebrate because it was a win, it was a victory, it was something exciting that happened? Well, we're celebrating because of that fact. Our family's been a year, and I think that's an exciting thing to know. We are official North Countrymen, right, Sue? Now, according to... Oh, Janine is... See, Cheryl Merrill disagrees. Cheryl Merrill says we're all North Countrymen. So I'm, I'm going to take Cheryl's word for this. And that's right. That's right. So... Yeah, so we celebrated. We did. We got the whole family in the van, and we went. We got in the car. It was really exciting. We had to celebrate the fact that we've been here a year. We're true North Countrymen. So we got in the van, all the kids in the van, and we went on the highway. We found someone from Massachusetts, and we cut them off. It felt wonderful. It felt wonderful. I said, now we're true North Countrymen. I'm teasing. Not that we wouldn't have. Um, every year, Janine and I talk about one day taking a vacation to celebrate our survival as parents, right? <laughs> parents, you know what I'm talking about. And one day, maybe that dream might, 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 might become a reality. Anyone sports fans? Anyone watch the NFL? Anyone like the NFL? Yeah, there's a few. Well, I like the NFL. We watch, we watch football from time to time. And, and I've noticed something. When you watch NFL players, they do something that's a little strange. Anytime they make a tackle or get a sack, or do something that's good on the football field, which, you know, is their job, and they get paid very handsomely to do so, they do a little bit of a celebration afterwards. After they make a tackle, or a sack, or do something good, uh, they'll pound their chest, they'll spike the football, they'll do a little dance. That was a dance, by the way. Or they'll jump in the air and bump chest with, with, chest with their teammates. And uh, it's very exciting. In fact, I consider doing some of those things after a really good sermon. <laughs> I haven't yet, because that, that sermon hasn't taken place yet. But uh, sometimes I notice that NFL players, they do something else. Besides cheering, they go up to their opponents sometimes, and they taunt them. They taunt their opponents. Now, in the NFL, I think they could flag you for that now. You can get a penalty for that. But... But I've seen them do this on time to time. They'll not only cheer, but they'll go up to their opponent and taunt them as basically telling their opponent, don't mess with me, I'm the best. I'm the best there is, don't mess with me. Along with seeking their own glory, they want to let their opponent know that they are the victors and no one had better try to steal away victory and glory from them. It's basically the adult version of the children's game, King of the Mountain. You guys remember that game, King of the Mountain? My kids also do something similar to this when they win something and prove to the family that they're either the smartest or the fastest or the strongest kid in the family. They pump their fist like that, and they make sure to let their siblings know that they are the victors. They are the best. And uh, I think adults do this from time to time too, don't we? As an example, when we find the exact right coupon at the grocery store <laughs> and save a dollar, we look at the lady behind us and basically say to her, don't you wish that you were me right now? <laughs> no, we don't do that, we're Christians. The answer is why, the question is why do we do this? Why is it fun to win and why is it also fun, a little bit, to have a victory march in, in the face of your opponents? 
My question is this, is does this ever happen on a spiritual level? And the answer is yes, it does. When our enemy bests us in a competition and gets us to succumb to temptation and sin, he feels confident and gloats in our face a little bit. We feel like dirt, he gloats in our face, and he wants us to know that we should expect many more defeats, just like that one, and to never attempt to stand up to him because he's the victor and we are the loser. And why does he do this? Because he wants to dominate us. He wants to own us. Our enemy loves to glorify his victories and our defeats. He does. He just does. And if you've lived in the Christian life long enough, you've experienced that from time to time. Now, although it's true as Christians, we are called to be humble, compassionate, and gentle people because we are, even when good things happen to us, and that it's true that we're never to gloat over physical enemies because we're not. That's not a good practice, to gloat physically over our people here upon the earth. I think it is a very good strategy to march forward in victory right in front of our spiritual enemy. I really think that's a good practice. To let the devil know that we, not him, are victors in Christ Jesus. I think that's a very good strategy. In fact, it's biblical. I'm going to read you another story from Scripture. This one is very familiar. So as soon as I start reading this, you'll know exactly what the story is. It comes from 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to read a few verses starting in verse 41. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with a shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance, basically calling David a pretty boy. <laughs> you pretty boy. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves, not with a sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. When the Philistine arose and came near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. Verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Now that passage of scripture better get us pumped up as Christians, right? That's an awesome passage of scripture. I love reading that. That's always been one of my favorite tales. Every time I read it, I just get goosebumps because it's so amazing. My question is this, though. What's the spiritual equivalency of that passage for us when we're battling our spiritual enemy? Because we're not engaged in a physical battle, are we? We're engaged in a spiritual battle. 
We cannot physically run at our enemy like David did. We cannot physically use a slingshot or sling a physical stone at his head. We cannot physically cut off his head with a physical sword. So how do we do what David did and march forward against our enemy? And I think the answer is this. We need something spiritual. We need spiritual armor and a spiritual sword. Correct? Thankfully, God has given us those tools. In Ephesians chapter eight, uh, excuse me, chapter six, if you know this passage, Paul says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We better be thankful for that spiritual armor because it saves our souls when we use it properly. But still, that's still talking about defense, which is crucial in a battle. You need defense. But again, how do we advance like David did against Goliath and certain confidence in victory over the devil? And I think the answer to that question is quite simple as I thought about it. We follow Jesus. We follow Jesus. Jesus has already advanced in the battle by taking the fight to the devil. Jesus came to this earth, left his throne to take this battle on, just like David charged the Goliath. The devil, uh, excuse me, the Lord Jesus Christ came to earth and charged the devil. Jesus has confidently run at the enemy with the sword of the Spirit, ready to decapitate the devil with truth and love. And our task is simply follow behind him, follow right behind Jesus Christ. Just like David told Goliath that he didn't enter the battle alone, but with the name of the God of Israel, we too don't enter the battle with our enemy alone. In fact, that's a very dumb decision. We do so by following our captain, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, just like Goliath did to the Israelite army, our enemy wants us to cower in fear, to drop our swords, and to hide from him. And that's exactly what the Israelite army was doing before David got there, weren't they? Cowering in fear. We don't want to fight if we just stay here and hide. Eventually, Goliath will get bored and he'll move on. But as soon as David came, he had a different strategy. He proved that day that the only strategy to beating the enemy is to charge him in the name of the Lord for the glory of the Lord. I think too often we find excuses in the Christian life to not charge forward. We think we're too weak or we're too insignificant, or the enemy is too strong, or the mountain before us is too steep to climb, and we convince ourselves that perhaps we can wait out the enemy, that maybe he'll get bored with us and he'll leave us alone. If we don't stand up and fight, he'll get bored with us. If we don't threaten him, he won't threaten us. Has that strategy ever worked with a bully? It never does, does it? No, we have to take the battle head on. I believe the primary reason David charged the giant Goliath that day is because his options were to charge Goliath or disappoint God. Those were the options before David that day. Charge the giant, Goliath, which is a big task. His other option was to stand on the sidelines and let the name of God be defiled before his, before his ears. And I think disappointing God was the real fear that David had. And what if those were our only two options? And they actually are. What if we are called to the battlefield, just like David was, and our choices are to fight the devil, to go forward in the Christian battle, or to stand on the sidelines and one day have to explain to Jesus why we never entered the battle? When we put it that way, it seems pretty obvious, right? We should fight the devil rather than disappoint our God. I hope that's pretty obvious. Now, we mustn't be worried on this concept because the Lord knows this is a scary battle. He knows that. So he doesn't expect us to fight this battle without the confidence we need. He has made us the promise that we can take 
on the devil with his strength to accomplish his will. And when we do it, we can't lose. We cannot lose. If we fight the battle according to the will of the Lord, with the strength of the Lord, every single time, the devil will yield. And it's a promise from Scripture. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves to God. Place yourselves in the hands of God. Resist the devil, and the devil will flee from you. The only path to victory is marching forward. The only way to win is to seize the victory in Jesus' name. Now, the victory march on earth is not going to be very glorious. It's not. There's no pounding in our chest in the Christian life. No spiking footballs into the ground. No 50,000 people cheering our names. No cutting anyone's heads off, unfortunately. <laughs> the glory does not come now, but it comes later in heaven, and it comes forever when it comes. The best way to march to victory on the earth is to quietly and faithfully obey the Lord Jesus Christ and his commandments. It's not very glorious looking, but it's very, very powerful. And nobody knows how to defeat the devil like Jesus does. Is that true? Nobody. The writer of Hebrews, one more passage before we close. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 13 says this, Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of his eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Do you notice it? God will equip you and I in the name of Jesus to do everything he's called us to do. And no one can stop us. The victory is before us. And we have to go and seize the victory together as a church. The devil's not going to leave the fight. Did you know that? Unless we charge him in the powerful name of Jesus. He's going to continue to bully, continue to come after us. The only way to defeat the devil is to go at him with offense in the name and the strength of Jesus. But let us please remember the battle plan of the Lord. This battle is not won in anger. It's not won in hatred. It's not won in violence against the world, okay? That's how the, that's how the world fights. That's how the world wants to lure us into a fight. That's not how we win this battle. The battle is won by humbly, faithfully, and lovingly obeying Jesus and resisting those who stand in our way. Therefore, let us charge our enemy with a victory march by lining up behind the victor himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, and being careful to take every footstep that he takes. Because he is the one true victor. And therefore, we close this podcast by asking the Lord, Lord, please help our church courageously enter and win this battle by obeying your will through leaning upon your strength and doing it all for your glory. And to our enemy, off with your head. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Devotional Toddcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. Learn more about us at CrossroadsOfLittleton.com. Crossroads Church, seeking to shine the light and love of Jesus in the heart of New England.